The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. Do you recognize your soul? Your soul is who you are. And my question is, have you lost a part of your soul? Has your soul been eaten away so that now perhaps rage fills your heart or fear or lust? Are you driven by addictions, alcohol, marijuana? Adderall, or other drugs? Are you just barely making it? I spoke with a man this morning, a a friend for many years. The job he's in, the company is giving him a very difficult time because he has worked there for 10 years as the manager, and so his salary continually goes up. But now they're trying to push him out because they can bring in a younger man or woman and pay them half the salary. I watched today as he worked with his staff. I saw the depression, the the sadness, I spoke with him encouraging words about Jesus has a way out for you. And he, yes, absolutely, I trust him. But in the midst of all of that is still his soul's being eaten away. How do we deal with soul loss? Where is there a place of healing? I spoke with another brother this morning. And he's struggling because 
He has conflict on this side. His job isn't going as well as he wants it to go. It's costing him money and other issues. What should he do? There's discontent in his marriage. There's a struggle to know what course he should take. Much of his soul has been eaten away. He has lost parts of his soul. I want to lay out for you today some of the biblical basis for regaining our soul. When we regain our soul, our life is filled with, with yes, some pain and anguish. Always that's a part of life. But the other side is we have hope. We have expectation. We have promises that God has made to us. And we are standing, though the heavens fall, we will not bend or give way to the powers of darkness as they try to seduce us. The greatest sadness of my heart are those times when I have given way to the seducing spirits of darkness and they come in such beautifully packaged desires like be all you can be. That's the mantra of the humanist. Go for it. If it's going to be, it's up to me. That's the mantra of humanism. Build your self-esteem. When I look at all of this, I have to become very clear in my own heart and in my own life, and I have become crystal clear on some of these issues. And I want to share part of that with you today. Because if you will walk down the road, I'm going to share with you. You will regain your soul. Let's begin with the Lord's Prayer. All of us have probably heard this prayer before. This Lord's Prayer is... A stunning prayer. And it's stunning because I've heard it so many times. I've prayed it so many times, but I've had so little understanding of what I was praying. Part of the issue is these spiritual truths that we've heard so many times, we begin to think, we know what they mean. And because we think we know what they mean, they don't mean much of anything to us. The Lord's Prayer begins with our. Our. In other words, I'm part of a family. I'm part of a body. This is, this is ours. 
we come to our Father and we say, our Father. We don't come and say, my Father. We don't possess God. We're part of his family. We come as his children. And we say, our Father. But we identify where he's at. He's in heaven. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Or more literally, you must be considered as one in authority. You must be considered as one who is set apart, who is set above. You must be treated with respect. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Literally, he's saying, as you pray, identify with the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom is not a geographic location. It is an authority over a geographic area, over the whole earth. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. In other words, let the royal rule of God begin now here. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So literally, when you pray this prayer, you're saying, I want your kingdom to come. And my life is going to be about your kingdom. Now, your life is about somebody's kingdom. Whose kingdom is your life about? Is your kingdom about your life? Is it about your parents' life? Is it about a friend's life? Is it about a a husband or a wife's life and kingdom? What kingdom are you building? Now, let me just put a, a quick statement so you'll understand where I'm going. We lose our part of our soul when we become divided between kingdoms. When we take certain courses of action, when trauma happens to us, when we go to addictions at the tempting of the devil, all addictions have a demonic element in them, These are called chains of bondage. They rip our soul out of us. When we walk in bitterness and anger, we are not building the kingdom of God. We are building another kingdom. If you want to recapture or regain the parts of your soul that have been hidden away, that have been disappeared, your ability to be compassionate, your ability to love, your ability to trust. You see, trust is not something that others do. Trust is a decision that I make. I make a decision. I can trust you. 
I met someone just recently. I was in a group. And I looked at this person. And they looked at me. And our eyes met. And instantly, the message that was communicated was, you can trust me. And the decision made on my part was, I can trust them. These messages that we send to one another are very, very important messages about our soul. If you walk in fear, you're expecting punishment. You're expecting more trauma to happen in your life. And so you're ducking and dodging and trying your very best to be safe. But we're never safe by trying to be safe. We're safe as we journey toward the kingdom of God. Nothing can destroy us when we're toward the kingdom of God. So please follow now. He's saying, your kingdom must come. So I have said, God's name must be considered as holy, and I must take action to ensure that holiness remains respected and cherished. I'm saying, now, your kingdom must come here even as it's in heaven. We must establish your kingdom on this earth. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I've heard some people say, pray that God's will will be done in your life. But the question is, what kingdom are you building? What kingdom are you building? Are you building the kingdom of God? If you are not building the kingdom of God, and you ask God's will to be done in your life, you will receive judgment. Because when you're not walking according to the will of God, judgment comes upon you. The very next verse, 11. Give us today our daily bread. Why would, he, why would we be asking for daily bread? Because that's sustenance for life. We've just said, your name is holy. You are our father. We are part of your family. Your name must be respected in our actions. And now I'm asking that your will would be done. I'm going to do your will, in other words. And I'm asking that your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Now, could I have my daily bread? In other words, I have my assignment. I know what my work is. My soul can be regained in Jesus Christ because I'm clear about my work. My work is to build the kingdom of God. It is to be used by God to love and cherish others to heal the wounds, to bring them into a place 
of knowing who the Almighty God is. And then forgive us our debts or our sins, our trespasses, as we also have forgiven our debtors or trespasses or sinners who've done things to us. I want you to notice the flow of this prayer. And I have to tell you, I before I began meditating on this again this week in preparation for the broadcast, I had never seen this flow. I've always identified piece by piece, but when I put them all together, there is a there's an astounding flow of life and energy that restores my soul. So if you come to God asking our Father, you're a part of a family of God. You're saying your name must be holy. It must be respected. And your kingdom your divine authority and rule must be exercised on the earth even as it is exercised in heaven. So we're going to be about establishing your kingdom on the earth. And then we're saying, now please feed us so that we can have the energy and the strength and the power to do this work. What could prevent us from having the strength then and the energy to do the work of God? There's only one thing. Disobedience to God. Debts. Sins. Rebellions. Being divided in terms of whose kingdom I am a part of. I am called to be a part of the kingdom of God. If I walk in rebellion against the kingdom of God, I'm going to lose my soul. I'll show you that in another passage in just a moment. But then also he says, forgive us our sins, even as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us or trespassed or or are our debtors. Forgive them. Forgive me as I have forgiven my debtors. In other words, to be effective in the work of bringing about the kingdom of God on the earth, I cannot have a bitter, angry heart. I can't have a heart that is divided between two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. I don't have an independent kingdom of Ray Greenlee. Now, this is where it gets very difficult. Because many of us, and you notice I said us, have tried to build my own kingdom by using the kingdom of Jesus. That's another failure. It makes you utterly ineffective. It has made me utterly ineffective. We are called to pray the Our Father. And when we pray the Our Father, we're saying, look, I don't want, I don't want any sin that anyone has committed against me 
to cause any trouble in my soul. I don't want anything to come into my heart that would make me angry or bitter or or not at peace. When I speak with people who don't believe all of the things that I believe, it would be real easy, and there was a time in my life when I did this, when I fought valiantly for what I believe to be true and told them, I don't agree with you. I think this is the truth. Well, you know what I've discovered? The truth is a person. His name is Jesus. I don't have to fight with you about what you believe. I come to share with you that I'm a servant of the kingdom of God. And I come inviting you, if you're not already a a servant of the kingdom of God, to come and be so. Do not try to build your own kingdom. Do not try to meet your own needs. But rather to meet the needs of Jesus Christ and meet the needs of others, and my needs will be met. That's why I pray, give us today. You notice it's us, not just me. It's give us today our daily bread. And forgive me for for mistakes that I've made. Forgive me for sins that I've committed. Let me be clean before you, O God, as I do the work you've called me to do of building your kingdom on the earth. And then it closes. And lead us not into temptation. That word temptation is parasmus in the Greek, the piercing. In other words, as we're involved in this work of building the kingdom of God, of loving people, of calling them to be under the authority of Almighty God, as we invite people to come and walk with us out of the bondage of this world, out of the desperation and the bitterness of this world, as we do so, we're saying, don't let us be assayed. You know what I mean by assayed? Where you take rocks that you suspect may have silver or gold in them or other metals, and you take them to the assayer and ask him to please evaluate these rocks. And, and he does so by breaking them apart and by putting them high heat and melting them. We're saying, please don't let that happen to me. Don't lead me into a place where I'm assayed, where I'm broken, where I'm wounded. And then it says, but deliver us from the evil one. Literally, that word evil is indicating toil, pain, evil. In other words, Satan asked if he could take Job. God gave him permission, and he brought such suffering on Job. God had a purpose in that. He was assayed, and he came out like gold. Peter, With Jesus, Jesus said, 
Peter, Satan has asked to sift you. When you recover, strengthen the brethren. The Lord's Prayer includes this. Lead us not into the piercing, parasmus, temptation. And deliver us from the pain and the anguish that goes with that testing. And then it's for yours is the kingdom. Not mine. It doesn't say, thank you, I've built my kingdom. No, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. And yours is the glory forever. Amen. Now, it wouldn't be helpful to simply pluck this prayer, this Our Father, out of the context in which Jesus gave it as a part of the Sermon on the Mount. Let's look at some of the context of this passage. If you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now when you fast, do not look sober as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men their fasting. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. Today we call that virtue signaling. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, I want you to catch as we move through these incredible passages. They are following what has been said in the Lord's Prayer. You have asked God to bring his kingdom about on the earth. And you have pledged in the Lord's Prayer to be a part of building that kingdom. You've asked the Lord to give you your daily bread so that you could do the work of the kingdom of God, not so you could build your own kingdom. This is where the mistake comes, because when you try to build your own kingdom, you lose part of your soul, and eventually you'll lose all of your soul. If you want to regain your soul, Several times a day, pray the Our Father and listen to what you're praying. And you will find your soul being restored. No one can serve two masters. This is verse 24. Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other agape the other, give self-sacrifice to the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. 
you cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? I began to smell this wonderful, wonderful, sweet aroma yesterday. I had to stop and find it, the source of this incredible fragrance. And I found it right there beside the road. Honeysuckle was growing over a fence. I just sat there for a few minutes and drank in the nectar, the fragrance. He's saying, if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, or his innocence. And all these things will be given to you as well. Do you see how this goes directly with the, with the Lord's Prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into the parasmus, the testing. You know what I hear in the Spirit? Some of you today are going through intense testing. You're in the midst of a, of a marriage breakup. Or you've just lost a spouse. Or you're sick and don't know if you'll live. Or you're losing your job. Or you've lost a child. Or friends have cut you off, judged you. In other words, this is the piercing that comes as a part of life. 
this piercing. We pray that God will deliver us from the anguish and the pain of this piercing and restore our soul. Now, when we look at this whole passage that I've been looking at with you today, he's saying in the conclusion, seek first his kingdom and his innocence. And all of these things will be given to you as well. He's saying you have to make a decision. Are you going to work for the world, the flesh, and the devil? Or are you going to work to build the kingdom of God in your place of employment, in your family, among your friends? What kingdom are you building? Are you building your own kingdom? Come on, let's be honest and straight. And as you look at the piercing of your life, you look at the anguish of your soul. How you deal with that anguish will determine whether or not you will lose even yet another part of your soul, that it will be eaten away. You will lose it. That's why it's vital that we pray this, Our Father. And we recognize the words we're speaking and the reality of what they mean. And we come with that absolute commitment that we will serve the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We will serve the almighty God of heaven. We will build his kingdom and not our own kingdom. Some of you have your own companies. It's up to you to ensure that your company is building the kingdom of Jesus Christ in the way it deals with people, in the way the funds are used, in the way you think and act. There's no room in the kingdom of God for vengeance, Bitterness, anger, wrath, lying, cheating, stealing, fornicating. There's no room in the kingdom of God for wickedness. And the call of God is for us to leave behind those things, those people, those traumas and come up to higher ground. And that happens as we surrender and use our time and energy and talent to love other people in the name of Jesus, to care. I almost named this broadcast the God's bottom line is love. That's really what we're talking about. Love is the basis of the kingdom of heaven. Love is the very bottom line. 
And with that love comes innocence and compassion, self-sacrifice. Ayn Rand was not right in Atlas Shrugged. It's not about just taking care of myself. We are brothers and sisters. Yes, we're all responsible to carry our own load, but we help one another in that process. We care. I heard someone say, when America opens the door of the American church, all they see is more America. They see pastors and people in their social dialogue, in their actions, in their worship, just simply being another entertainment center. They see an institution of of people who are not really loving one another. Many times I have been loved much more deeply by a Muslim than I have by a Christian. I don't like to say that. I've been loved by pagans in very demonstrable ways, more so than most Christians. We have a love problem. Let's be honest. Where we lay our lives down for one another. But the problem is, most of the church is about building the institutional, cultural church kingdom. And the people are involved in building their kingdoms. And so the pastor needs to give strategies for success, entertainment, casualness, keep the people happy, keep the business going, keep the cash drawer ringing. It's a business. I hate that. I can't be a part of that. I left the institutional church of denominationalism because of that. No. If you want to recapture your soul, you're going to have to be very clear about whose kingdom you're building. And you're going to have to be very clear that that kingdom will give to you innocence and righteousness as a free gift. You're going to have to make the decision to say the Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I am invited to be a part of doing that will on the earth and in heaven. And so I pray, give us today our daily bread. I pray, Lord, give us today our daily bread for paying for the radio broadcast for this month. 
We're still about $2,000 short, but I'm standing by faith. And I've been praying about it. And I've been saying, Lord, the broadcast needs its daily bread. And then moving quickly beyond that to, have I in any way sinned against you, Lord? If you, if so, make it very plain to me, and I will repent quickly. And Lord, I'm, I'm not going to take affront at anything anyone says to me. They can say whatever they need to say, and it's okay. I'm just going to be in in compassion and love for them. I don't have any kingdom to defend except the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is an open door where you are invited to enter into the joy of your salvation. It's not an institution. It is literally a person, Jesus Christ. And I invite you into Jesus Christ. I invite you to seek first his kingdom and his innocence and not to worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. They didn't have the chapter divisions, but the very next word is chapter 7, verse 1. Do not judge. Do not separate or tear asunder or you too will be judged for in the same way you judge others you will be judged and with this measure you use it will be measured to you do you see what the lord is talking about today you have been given the incredible opportunity to seek first the kingdom of the almighty God of heaven and earth. You've been invited to be a part of his family, to build his kingdom, to not build your own kingdom, because if you are building your kingdom, you will have your soul eaten away you will have your soul eaten away. Depression, discouragement, fear, lust, addictions, abuse, those are all signs of a man or woman's soul having been eaten away. It's restored as we begin to say the Our Father and mean it and understand what we're saying and what we're praying. And then we begin with all of our heart to seek first, not second or third or fourth, to seek first the authority of God to rule over my life. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's what the commandment said. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. 
So I pray today that you will make the decision to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be given to you. Let me pray for you. Lord, I've recognized by your spirit that there are some today in great emotional pain. I lift them up before your throne. They don't know how they're going to survive this trauma that's happening in their lives. I ask that you would keep their soul intact and that you would draw them into your love and into your peace, into your joy. Lord, there are some who who recognize that their soul has been eaten away by fear or depression or with addictions. They know they're not the man or the woman they should be. They know they're walking in utter wickedness. But Lord, I know that you love them in the midst of their wickedness, that you loved them before they were born, and that you have a place for them in your kingdom. And you are inviting them to leave their addictions, to leave the caves of of fear and pain and depression, to come out into the light, to come out into the joy of their salvation. Lord, I pray that you will surround these precious people with others who can, who can love them and call them out, encouraging them, blessing them. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your kindness and your mercy and your grace. We bless your holy name, our Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, we're out of time for today's broadcast. We're going to go further with this subject of soul loss tomorrow. Jesus has some very specific things to say about it. I'd love to hear from you. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195, or go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online, and I thank each of you who has given this month. We're still far short of our goal. If you can help, and the Holy Spirit is moving in your heart, would you contribute? This is between you and the Lord. So write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195.